welcome to episode number 11 of Teens Made. This is Mark. This is Ray. This week, we're going to talk about covers, remakes, songs that you enjoy. Maybe it's better than the original. Maybe the original is still better than the remake. I don't know. What about you, Ray? Do you have any songs that when they come on and you're like, that is my favorite song and it's better than the original. I don't know what makes a song better than the original, but maybe it's a generational thing. I can definitely tell when an artist goes out and tries to remake the original, but it's not much different or they they put their own spin on it. And all of a sudden now their version is more popular than the original. Maybe it's the vocal. Maybe it's the way the arrangement. There's just something different about it. They modernize it. Are there any that jump out to you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, you're right about the idea that a lot of people, they put their own style on it or they they just want to modernize or put it, you know, put it out there for a new generation. And there's a lot of remakes that I look at that I kind of think of that way. It's not necessarily I have a positive or negative feel about them it's more just kind of like okay you know that was that was cool they probably like they liked the song and they wanted to redo it and i get that feeling i know that if i was a, a musician if I, I was able to to sing the way i wish i could sing you know there there are certain songs i'd be like well i'm gonna do that you know but but i'd always be mindful of the fact that you know uh, kind of my dad used to always tell me and I, other people always say this if your remake isn't better than the original then you shouldn't be doing it but as you mentioned that, there are two that come to mind. Whenever anybody asks me this question, there are two songs that come to mind. The remakes that I think are better than the originals. Uh, one is It's My Life by No Doubt. I, you know, I'm an 80s kid. I love the, the original by Talk Talk, but they put such power into that thing when they remade It's My Life that I just uh, – that, that ranks high. But that's second on my, my sort of ultimate list. My favorite, my absolute favorite uh, remake – is uh, the Bangles' Hazy Shade of Winter that they did for the Less Than Zero album back in 1988, 87, 88. You know, the, the Simon and Garfunkel is, is good. I, you know, I love Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, it's got a very different feel. The Bangles rock it out, and it just it, it ranks as my favorite remake. What about you? Hey, I got a couple. There's a couple obscure ones. So recently you posted Tina Turner is turning 80. And your favorite song by her was the best. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So I didn't know this, but recently I was listening to a podcast where they interviewed the original writer of that song. And she actually wrote that song for Bonnie Tyler back in 1988. And it appeared on one of her albums, but Tina Turner redid it and made it an incredible pop hit for herself. So if you listen to the original and you listen to Tina's, there's no comparison. So that, that was one I think is obscure. The other one is New York Groove was Ace Fraley's big hit off his soul album back in the 70s. And I was also, I was always a big fan of Kiss. You know, I, I bought all their albums as a kid. I performed concerts. I always wanted to be Ace Fraley, but I ended up being the manager. I think I told the story in the past. So, but his song was actually I recently listened to another podcast where for that his soul album he wasn't even going to record that song the producer suggested hey why don't you do a cover of a 1975 band that did it they were called hello 
And he's like, I don't know. I, you know, I think so he did it just on the cuff. I think it was done in one take and it ended up on the album. He didn't even know it was going to end up on the album, but it became his biggest hit. And that song, if you put that on anywhere, people start singing along. It's, it's kind of this, um, unknown, you know, kind of gem that, really works late especially as a dj late people sing along to that song so for those are those are kind of my two obscure ones that always pop out to me sure you know as you were talking i i don't know why i forgot this but the other song that comes to mind that i absolutely love that i loved it back in the day uh well almost 30 years ago now rod stewart's downtown train it's originally a tom waits song and I mean, Tom Waits' version is nice, but you know it's really low key because that's well, it's Tom Waits. But mm-hmm. Rod Stewart's one—I mean, again, it's an—it's an example of taking it. Every, every, all, all the three that I've named are examples of songs that were kind of more mellow—not necessarily mellow, but mellow, mellower than the remake. And mm-hmm. the remake really rocked out the original. And I—I I love Downtown Train so much back when it came out that the Rod Stewart version—I can't believe that I forgot it. And then as you were talking, I'm like. Duh, that's that's another yeah. one that really kind of um, hits me. When you think about obscure ones, so people know the song Hallelujah, the Leonard Cohen song, and it's, right. over the last couple of years it's become pretty popular because of Pentatonix did a version of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets covered all the time. What is it, uh, years ago? Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking, uh, what's her name? Katie Lang did it. For bon Jovi? In Canada. You know, and, you know, yeah, Bon Jovi did a version of it. You know, mm-hmm. there's all these versions of it. But the definitive version is Jeff Buckley's version because mm-hmm. he takes, I mean, Leonard Cohen's great. He was the great lyricist, but, you know, folks know that Cohen didn't have exactly a voice. You know, he kind of more kind of talk sang over what he did. And but he had the he had the brilliant poetics that went into into his lyrics. And, and, and there was a feel to his voice. You know, if you listen to something like Everybody Knows, which I know from the Pump Up the Volume soundtrack, you know, he could he could mm-hmm. still give the feel that you wanted. And the thing about Hallelujah, see, if you listen to like the, the pentatonics version, it's it's nice and all. And, it, you know, it's this Christmassy thing that they do with it. And but it, it loses some of the feel that the sort of forlornness of the song, because they sing it like on on beat a little too much. You should all that song when you when you do the the hallelujah part it's you should be waiting a moment like here's where it's supposed to be wait an extra moment and then sing the hallelujah because it's almost like this this afterthought like yeah hallelujah and buckley does it and so buckley's sort of the the definitive version of that um the other one is i loved and i still love the cowboy junkies when they came out in the late 80s and they did a remake of the velvet underground's sweet jane That to me is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've got another one that's down that same path. But it's interesting when you you were talking about Jeff Buckley, it's kind of down the obscure path as well. But there are two that stick out in this category. First one is I'll Take You There. Now, it was a song that originally was done by the the Staple Singers back in 1972. But remember back in 1994, General Mm -hmm. Public, they did a remake that... General Public is from the 1980s, but they came back in the 90s and they redid it. And it just has this, you know, it's more melodic. It's a little more a beat. It's a little more modern kind of take on it. And it's interesting that this 80s band comes back with this 90s hit. I always like that. And then you also remember the song I Can See Clearly. 
So I think it was a 1972 number one hit by, what was it? Uh, was it Jimmy Cliff? Yep. And then who redid it in the 90s? Oh, yeah. No, it was originally by Johnny Nash, and then Jimmy Cliff did the uh, Johnny the Nash. The right, yeah. right. Yeah, so the Johnny Nash is very reggae. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. straight. It sounds like I'd be on a beach. Jimmy Cliff comes out, keeps the reggae vibe, but once again modernizes it. Very much like the the general public. It's it, it's around the same time period, and it's very interesting that if you play those together, they they really mesh really nicely together. And it's it's interesting how these these bands that that not late you know '90s time period went back and redid these '70s songs and brought that back. You know that you mentioned reggae and. One of the bands that's made their career out of making remakes is UB40. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, all of their big hits. Wise Men Say Only Fools Rush, you know, I Can't Help Falling in Love with You. And, mm-hmm. and of course, Red Red Wine. I was actually uh, just recently, I listened to 80s on 8 on, on Sirius XM, and they were doing the chart from November 19th, 1988. And this was a few weeks after Red Red Wine had hit number one for UB40, but it was still on the chart. It was working its way back down the chart. And when they got there, Alan Hunter was introducing it, and he talks about how this was a song that he hadn't originally realized was a remake. You know, when he first heard it from UB40, he thought, you know, this was their song, and then he, he realized it was a remake, and he and re- then learned learned that it was a remake of Neil Diamond. Well, I guess the story the story that he told was that UB40, when they chose to remake it, they saw the song, the the writing credit, they saw N Diamond, and I guess there's a reggae guy, a, a reggae star, artist. I don't know him. I, I can't remember his first name, Nigel or something. Uh, something Diamond, not Neil. And they thought it was that guy, and so they were remaking this what they thought was a reggae song. That's amazing. And it turns out they were remaking the 1969 song from Neil Diamond. You know what's interesting to me coming out of that is songs that you didn't know were remakes. I, for instance, didn't know until about a month ago that Whitney Houston's first number one hit. Remember which one of her number one hit was first? <laughs> I no. I it, was it. I want to dance with somebody. No, no, that's her second album. So that would have been like okay. number. Uh, oh, the four. greatest, the greatest um, love of all. Uh, that was number. Three. <laughs> you always get me on this. Saving all my love for you. That's it. All right. The song that, yeah. So I didn't realize that was a remake. That Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. had, had done a version of that in the late 1970s. And Whitney Houston's version was a remake. I also didn't realize some other ones. I, I didn't know until probably about a year ago that. I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts was a remake of the Arrows. Right. And uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper was originally a song by Robert Hazard. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating when you start looking at some of that. There's a lot okay. of songs out there. Yeah, you got me going that, now. <laughs> so actually remakes. They yeah. Think, you know, they, they, they're like defining of these artists, right? And, right. And they're actually remakes. And, of course, there are some that we know are remakes that still define an artist. Uh, go back to Whitney Houston again. I mean, her biggest hit ever was I Will Always Love You, mm-hmm. which, of course, was originally a Dolly Parton song that's been done by a number of folks. But, of course, Whitney you know, took it to, whatever, 13 weeks at number one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one that comes to mind is All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix, perhaps the, be- the, the song he's best known for, uh, not – 
necessarily. I mean, there's those who say Purple Haze or something else, but but a remake of Bob Dylan. Wow. My brain is swirling now with stuff. <laughs> so a couple of things is you talked earlier about Rod Stewart. What I didn't realize one time, this was a few years ago, I ended up getting the greatest hits of Robert Palmer, and he mm-hmm. has some guys have all the luck on there. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. So I listened to that. I'm like, hold on a second. This was released probably three years before or maybe five years before Rod Stewart's version. And that's one of like Rod Stewart's quintessential songs. Some guys mm-hmm. have all the luck. And I'm like, wait a minute. Robert Palmer <laughs> did this before. This is weird. And then there's another one you started me thinking about was you talked about Simon and Garfunkel. Well, recently Disturbed did a cover of The Sound of Silence. And oh, wow. it took over rock radio. I mean, it is, it was all over. It was number one at their concerts. You know, people are shouting out there and when they were going to record it, they weren't sure. They're like, this is, this is really strange. I'm not sure if we should do this song. I don't think anybody can do justice to it, but they really revved it up and made it very rock. And I think that's what we keep hearing is they made it their own and disturbed generally on every one of their albums. They, they remake a song. That's their thing. Like we're going to remake the song. One song forever that has stood out by disturbed is they did a remake of Genesis's land of confusion. I don't know if you mm-hmm. heard this one, but it is amazing. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. took out the guitar solo when they kind of added their own thing. And I think that's always the most recognizable thing for me is when they take out a very significant piece of the cover that you're like, no, wait a minute, that's different than the original. Okay. But everything else is kind of rocking out, but you're expecting one part of it to still be there, but it isn't. So that, that's the one thing that always throws me off on covers. Yeah. That, that, well, and I think you touched on it. I actually, I remember the land of confusion uh, remake by disturbed and that idea that, you know, when you remake anything, I think you're going to always have folks who like it and folks who don't and folks who, you know, take it or leave it. And that, that idea that you said that you're going to make it your own, that's, I think, part of this equation is, is this true to who I or we are as artists? And did it do justice to the song at the same time? You know, and mm-hmm. part of that's always going to be style. You know, some of it is if you don't like a certain style, you know, a remake's going to not probably not sound good to you because you're going to be like, look, you know, that doesn't fit that style and it doesn't work there. Or at times a certain artist may just have a reimagining of something that just goes against what somebody thinks the song really represents or means. And, and so, you know, there, there are songs out there that I actually, I think of when people say, I don't like that remake and um, huh. even like recently, I mean, I, I don't dislike it, but the the Weezer remake of Africa, right? That's been out there. I mean, it's it's okay, but to me, that's it. That's in fact, I, I think my wife came home one time and was like, "Yeah, I heard this remake, and it sounds almost like the original." And and I was like, "Oh, Africa? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it was." Like I heard it this morning. I couldn't remember what song it was, and I, I said, "Yeah, it." it I mean, it kind of sounds a lot like Toto. There's some differences. There's some instrumentation differences. There's some some uh, vocalization differences, but I I just think it it's just really kind of bland because it it doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, if I want the experience of that song, this didn't do anything to change to either add to or significantly change the experience of that song. So I'll just go listen to the original because why would I want to listen to this? 
And but then at same at the same time, there are times when when folks will remake a song, and I'll be I, I'll just be like this, I hate. There are lots of folks who have done a version of "Don't You Forget About Me" by Simple Minds, mm-hmm. which itself has an interesting story, right? Because if I remember the story right, it was originally written for Billy Idol, and he chose not to do it. And then Simple Minds did it, and of course it became their big hit, and it was you know, one of the quintessential hits of the 1980s, and of course it's tied to the Breakfast Club. And Billy Idol has since done a version mm-hmm. of it, which I actually thought was not as uh, good as I hoped it would be. I figured I, – I remember hearing that story and thinking, oh, Billy Idol, yeah. Oh, I said, okay, Billy Idol actually did a version. This is going to be great, and it kind of let me down. Maybe I had too high expectations. But I guess a band called The Wind and the Wave did a version of this. Huh. And it was it was featured in Grey's, season 10 of Grey's Anatomy. And I heard it, I was shopping at a grocery store a few months ago, and I heard this version of it. And I was just, my response was, this is horrible. I, I just, I went home and I looked up who, who this was. And, <laughs> and I saw, and I see the comments on YouTube. Oh, this was a great, I love this song. And this, this was great. And then of course there were people like, this sucks and you know, whatever. And I, and I just, I thought this it turned it into this little pixie kind of feel to it. And, huh. and I don't know what they were going for, but I, I hated it. I absolutely hate it. I, I, I think of what that song means and maybe I'm too close to the song, you know, maybe it's just that song's too significant to me that, that a certain type, but again, I can handle other people's remakes of it. It just must've been this style to me was so antithetical to what that song means that I can't get past the idea that it, it it's horrible. Yeah, and well, what's fascinating is I had a similar feeling. Now, you may have heard that recently Eddie Van Halen's been in the news about cancer and mm-hmm. you know the, he's trying you know that's why the reunion didn't happen. Well, he's been posting a lot of stuff to Twitter and I've been following it. And recently, like right before, you know, Halloween, he posted this this Twitter post and he's like there's an artist called Jennifer Hope and she did a remake of Running with the Devil. And Eddie Van Halen on his Twitter account was like, I was blown away. It's very powerful, unique approach. And it's very similar to that. Like you were saying that the version you were saying about, don't you forget about me. It's kind of very light and it's not what I was expecting. And I guess just knowing the original and how it's continually played in rock radio, I guess I just wasn't thinking of that direction. And a lot of people were like, is that really Eddie or somebody from his PR? Because I thought Eddie is sick. It doesn't sound so. There are, there's this chain of comments on Twitter that I, I don't. I don't think this is Eddie, man. But it, it's fascinating how a song can kind of move that direction. And I thought about an, another group, the Blues Brothers. Now you remember they came. They were really hot in like 1980. You know their film, mm-hmm. and they did a whole stick back in the 70s on SNL about taking you know, this Motown and you know out there. And they've got actually. There's a lot of versions of their songs that gets played a lot. <laughs> like more than the original. And I really think it's interesting that this, this comedy duo comes out and they have a whole soundtrack that everyone thinks this is great. This is better than the original. You know, they've got songs on there. I mean, I'm even thinking about rawhide, you know, they they do version of rawhide on there, but it's their version that gets played. And, you know, people get a, you know, laugh about it, but it's, it's, it's the songs that, that everyone remembers. And it's amazing how, you can move from this comedy to mainstream. Right. You know, that also kind of reminds me of the idea of where artists will 
say, I'm going to make an album of some of my favorites and do my own version of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned Rod Stewart and that's exactly what he did in the early to mid nineties. You know, he had had some success with uh, certain covers. Like you said, that some guys had, have all the luck and then uh, downtown train. And um, was it after downtown train with the Isley brothers? Uh, the Motown song? <laughs> no. Well, do, that, do, that was, that do, was, do, that was like, that was the one where we're going to make it in the style of this, this old heart of mine. Oh, right? this old heart of mine. Uh, yeah. But so then, you know, uh, he does a whole version, a whole bunch of songs. Uh, and then he had the success with uh, the unplugged song. Have I told you lately? Yeah. Thank you. Have I, which of course was Van, Van Morrison before him. And also we're having a party was on that same yep, album too. Yep. And then reason to believe and all this other, mm-hmm. he, he did a whole bunch of, you know, and, and we've had all kinds of artists who at some point in their career said, you know what, I've, I reached a point where I want to do an album of my favorites in my style. And so that, that's a thing. Clapton does that often. Yeah. He did a lot of blues. Yeah. Oh, I shot the sh- his biggest hit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, well, well, Clapton can do it. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like, well, you, Clapton makes sense because if you are considered the top of your field in a certain style, then you doing a cover of something, this is an, actually, I think you, I'm glad you mentioned Clapton because it kind of something I hadn't really thought about, but if, if you're the top of your field in a particular style mm-hmm. or a particular way of doing music, then there's almost a, an expectation that you might do these songs because you're going to show you're, if anybody can do it, you can. Right. So, yeah. so Clapton doing any song and saying, I'm going to do a, you know, a blues rock guitar version of this makes sense in the same way that, you know, Maria Callas doing an opera version of whatever would have made sense. Or, you know, you know, Whitney Houston back in the day doing a version of whatever as a, a soulful pop ballad song made sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that makes, that works a lot for the idea that, that Clapton would be one of those artists who, who fulfills that role for us. Who's going to say, I'm, I'm the person to reimagine in this because I can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you may start to think about current music right now. There's a song by Kygo where he brought in mm-hmm. Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's, higher love the song yep. by steve winwood and it's it's all over you know dance radio and it sounds like a whitney houston song you're like oh well where where did whitney houston do this but when when he mixed it with his style which i believe it's called like tropical dance and he's got like a very interesting genre that a lot of people claim that he created which is this kind of you know tropical feeling you know dance vibe and he mixes it together with whitney and it's all of a sudden Oh, okay. Yeah, I would expect that from from Kygo. I mean, he's at the top of his game, and Zed's been doing that a lot. Where you know he's pulling in his his style, but one genre is also country music. I was thinking about this: that "Life Is a Highway," mm-hmm. the old Tom Cochran song, and all mm-hmm. those Disney flicks. Rascal Flatts comes out, does it in Cars. All of a sudden, that's the version everybody wants to hear. I don't want to hear Tom Cochran anymore. I want to hear Rascal Flatts. I want to hear country. Country's hip, and that's yep. the song that people think of now as of "Life Is a Highway." You play the original, they go, "Well, who's that guy that's screaming out of his mouth?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's fascinating because there's always a, a a way. Country's a good example of a style that you can take something from a different style, do it country, and it sounds 
like it'll work for a country audience and then you put it back in the other style uh and you know you think of like i swear from all for one huge hit 25 years ago oh, yeah. it was originally john michael montgomery right and, you know so there was a a country version that was successful and then it's r&b pop version that was successful and there's any number of songs that have done that one way or the other with country music and so i'm it's interesting you mentioned that. i also yeah that higher love song that's that's a great example i think you mentioned that of how that song feels so different in that Kygo and Whitney Houston version. And it's, yeah, because of the, the type of style associated with Kygo, but also Whitney's vocal styling on it makes it sound like a gospel sound song in a way that Steve Winwood never did. And the, the thing that it makes me think of that, you know, if there, there's one other thing that I always think of with remakes is the remakes I wish I had, I had heard. Mm. Uh, there's always two that come to mind. Mm-hmm. I would have loved, I've never found that he's ever done a recording of it, but I would have loved to have heard Johnny Cash do a version of These Boots Are Made For Walking. Yeah. Can't you just imagine These Mm -hmm. Boots Are Made For Walking? I mean, just, you know, his low voice, that sort of, yeah, I'm going to come after you kind of voice doing These Boots Are Made For Walking. And, you know, I've I've searched to say, oh, he had to have recorded that. It's so perfect. It was a combination. I mean, I've never found that he ever recorded it. And, but it, it just, you know, one of those things of, I wish that would have happened. The other one is we know my favorite band is U2. Uh, I think U2 doing a version of he ain't heavy. He, he's my brother would have been great. Uh, Bono with that first line, the road is long. I mean, I just, I can hear him doing this and I would have loved to have heard, or maybe they'll someday, you know, they're still going, maybe they still could do it do a U2 doing a version of he ain't heavy. He's, he's my brother. Yeah. That's the other question that always comes to me is like, what if I could have an artist do a song that I, to my knowledge has never been done by that artist, what would that be? Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, that leaves open a lot. I mean, I was trying to think of some and I, I can't right now, but what you did remind me of are artists that fulfill that dream where you're, you're wishing, I wish you didn't do that. And, <laughs> and one artist comes to mind is Phil Collins. Phil Collins had a huge hit with, uh, you can't hurry love. Mm-hmm. and he's like, wow, you know, that song, I, I don't know what number it went to because I know you know, but I know it was a pretty big hit for him. So fast forward many years later, he decides, you know, I'm going to do a whole Motown album now. You know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to do a whole album on that. And some of the songs he hit, some of them he didn't. And he actually assembled the same team that he had on when he did that song. And it's still... I don't know if you go back and listen to that Motown album he did. There's just, there's some songs that hit and some don't. And I appreciate that he did it because he said I had success with that, but you wondered maybe you should have not done that. Yeah. And for the record, yes, I did know Uh, you can't hurry. Love hit number 10. It was Phil Collins first solo top 10 hit. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I know my Phil Collins well enough to know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about this. We do have a category on Tunes Mate where we talk about cover songs. And one of my favorite covers of all time that's underrated, and you know where I'm going with this, Radar Love, White Lion. Yeah. The original Golden Earring, Radar Love song, that drum solo that's in that song is unbelievable. And it doesn't get any classic rock play. You put on a classic rock station, it's always... Radar Love, the original. Yeah. And I always wonder, why didn't... This is the other category. Is why didn't a song that is, in my opinion, 
better than mm-hmm. the original, why didn't that carry over and why is the original still played and no love for a remake that is phenomenal? Yep. Yeah. I remember when that came out. I think I had a subscription to Spin Magazine or maybe it was Rolling Stone or whatever, and they did a subscribers survey. And for best drummer, I wrote in Greg D'Angelo. I still remember the 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 drummer for White Lion was Greg D'Angelo simply because I I made sure to know his name because of that drum solo mm-hmm. in that song. And yeah, that's it. The the one that strikes me like that. I wrote about it a number of weeks ago. Uh, Pet Shop Boys, their version of Go West from The Village People. Mm-hmm. I I love that thing, man. And yeah, you know, it hit the. I think it, I don't even think it hit the Hot 100. It barely did, or it didn't. And yeah, they did yeah. a couple though. They did uh, what? You're you're always on my mind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that was one of their big ones. You're always on my mind, and they did a a version of Where the Streets Have No Name. I don't know that one, but yeah, that yeah. Is, that is curious. How Pet Shop Boys? I guess I never realized that. You know, they they did have some pop hits, but they definitely dipped into the the cover, you know, remake category. Yep, that's cool. So, I mean, Ray, we could probably go on for hours and hours talking about all <laughs> yeah. these uh, favorite remakes, but we definitely there are some songs out there that I guess if we categorized it, they made it their own, and they made it stronger because it felt number one, it felt it was within their groove. And then others, if they're at the top of their game, people expect it. And then we went to the category you're saying, like, I really wish there's some, this group actually did a cover of this song because I think it would be awesome. And it is cool. I mean, if there are some songs that you probably never realize that the song that you recognize as your favorite actually is a cover. <laughs> so if you just dig a little bit deeper, you probably find out that most of the songs that you like are covered. I mean, I think of Van Halen. I mean, their first album... If you think about it, you really got me. I mean, that song, everyone thought that, oh, that's great. Well, it was a Kinks cover. Yep. So, I mean, there are so many bands that some of their most favorite songs that you think are theirs are actually covers. Well, before we close out, I did post a title title and wondered which way you went. I had a song by Canned Heat that's up there, and the song is On the Road Again. And, and then also I had it up against Willie Nelson. Now, the Canned Heat version actually peaked higher back in 1967 than the Willie Nelson version. But once again, remember, these are not covers. Title, title are the same exact song title, but they're two exactly different songs. Which way did you go? I, I, it was a no-brainer for me, Willie Nelson. I, I love that song. I used to sing it. My family trips, we used to take family trips and we'd get on the road and we'd start driving. We'd get five, five minutes down the highway and one of us would start going on the road again. <laughs> I can't wait to get on the road again. And that was that. I, yeah. 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 I voted the same way. It was interesting though because I was flipping through some classic rock station and that canned heat version came on and I was like, oh, on the road again. This isn't <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> so, but I listened to it all the way through, and it's it's a very you know touching, compelling song of that era. Right. But there's just something about that the way Willie Nelson takes that same song title and writes a completely different song, and the way he delivers it, it just it's very memorable. So yeah, yeah, I went the same way. So cool covers. Think about remakes and covers, and some of the songs that you listen to, and how you build them into your playlist, and keep checking out songs 
on Tunesmate as we post some of our favorite cover songs and share with us what you think. Well, this is Mark. This is Ray. And we hope you had a great time on this edition of Tunesmate. We'll see you next time.